I really think just as a core value that all of our families have to impress on children as early as possible, that you want to own as much property as you can get your hands on. Hey, good people. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins. And I'm Jay from Push Black. Welcome to Building Black Dollars, the show where we give you the practical tools to take charge of your finances and build black economic freedom. This week, we're talking about home ownership. So we know that there is a gap between black home ownership and definitely white home ownership, probably every other group in the country. We know that there are certain barriers, historical barriers that have prevented us from getting involved in that. But today, for folks looking to make that move, what's the value in home ownership for black folks today in America? Home ownership and land ownership is everything. It should be called real estate because there's nothing more real than real estate. Stocks are nice, but that ain't, that's not everything. And that shouldn't be where you put all your money. Owning land, owning property of any form has been consistently one of the most solid ways of building wealth. And it's also one of the fastest avenues out of poverty. Studies show that home ownership is what moves people from lower class to middle class. Stock ownership is what moves people from middle class to upper class. And because rich people, most of them uh, made their money in the stock market. So I think home ownership is not just a one of, one of the best, most reliable, most consistent investments ever, but you can't forget that you get a lot of non-financial benefits from owning property. I love my house because I get to live in it. I, I redid the whole basement and spent a lot of money, not because I just knew that it was going to increase the value of the house. Sure. But I like it. I like my basement. And I think that we have to, as a community, understand that renting should always be temporary because unfortunately the way America's structured is that when you are a longtime renter, what you're effectively doing is buying a house for your landlord. You're going to lose a lot of black wealth if you spend your whole life buying houses for white people. Let them buy their own house. <laughs> let, let them buy a house from you. So my wife and I have, we have one, one property we own. We have a condo and somebody rents it and they're not black and they pay the mortgage. It's literally that simple. And they get none of the capital gains. It is about as elitist as you can get. It's, this is an American system. This is not a system I designed. It's just one I wanted to understand. Because I never believed that being a black man meant I always had to be at the bottom. My feeling was, if you've got me at the bottom and you give me freedom to switch my position, then I'm going to figure out how to get to the top. So this system is incredibly rigged. There are tremendous tax benefits to property ownership, the ownership of assets, etc. And I don't want it to sound bad or evil, but the reality is that people have been doing this to you since the beginning of time. And I think it's time that we understand how to play that powernomics game and not just focus on the strugglenomics. You mentioned capital gains. Define that for us and why is that important to know as people are looking to get into home ownership and real estate ownership? Capital gains is basically when you buy an asset and the value goes up and you benefit from the growth and value of that asset. So if I buy a house for $100,000, if five years later the house is worth $150,000, then that's $50,000 in my pocket because the amount that I paid for that house on the market is now less than the amount that I can sell it for on that market. And uh, with real estate, that's important to understand as well, because uh, the value of real estate is going up and up and up and up. And I really think just as a core value that all of our families have to impress on children as early as possible, that you want to own as much property as you can get your hands on. So ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to own assets and we have to own businesses. That's very important. 
So is buying a home and living in it, and like that's the only property you have, can that actually make someone wealthy or increase someone's wealth? Or is it about replicating that and renting that out? How can folks be thinking about that? There are a lot of great people on the Black Business School. Julian Gordon's our dean of real estate. He talks all the time about multifamily property. And I think that there is a tremendous set of opportunities there. And so there's a lot of money to be made there when you talk about renting property out. But I'm not a believer that you have to rent property out in order to make money from it. I think the capital gains are strong enough that it's worthwhile. It's a worthwhile place to put your money, uh, especially when you talk about buying that first home. And the reason is because uh, property values go up. We bought the uh, property near the Obama, where they're putting up the Obama library. That's going to increase our property value. And so I've got this store of value. Now, would I be maximizing it if I didn't rent it out? No, I, I wouldn't be. But that to me is a hundred times better than what at least 80% of us are doing with our money, which is pretty much just spending it and throwing it away. If I ask anybody listening right now, what did you do with half your income in the year 2013? Most people can't even tell you. They don't even remember. I just spent it. I don't know. You know, so if a percentage of that money were going into a property or even a bad investment, you would still have something to show for it. We're assuming that the home price will always go up in, in value, but from my understanding, I don't know if that's always true. So how can folks be thinking about this in a nuanced way? Home ownership, on average, according to most studies, tends to be the differencing factor between middle class and lower class. You know, if you're poor and you want to be middle class, owning a home helps you do that because you're piling up that equity. While some property doesn't go up in value, most property does. And so home ownership tends to be a winner for most people, even though it's not perfect, right? It's not as good as maybe having multifamily property or something that you're renting out, but it, but it, it's better than giving all your money away to a landlord for most of the time. The way people actually become rich is through stock market participation. So if you take a poor person who invests consistently in the stock market and they own a home, they're probably going to be wealthy. They're going to be maybe in the top 20% of all Americans by net worth by the time they're done, assuming they don't do anything crazy. So home ownership tends to work under certain assumptions, right? The, the assumptions might be that you're not necessarily investing in really terrible deteriorating neighborhoods where the property values are going down or you're not significantly overpaying for a house. But it's very, very hard to go buy a property and have that be a losing proposition, especially when you compare it to renting property where you own absolutely nothing and you have no equity at all. <laughs> And you're simply buying a house, giving it away to your landlord. Don't hate the player, hate the game, as they said in the 90s, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Watkins, we have a question from one of our Instagram followers. And they're interested, it looks like, on how to access education on pathways to home ownership and real estate investment. Talk about that, please. Well, I, I think that when you talk about home ownership and real estate investment, and we can actually lump them together to some extent, even though home ownership is more fundamental, right? That's owning the place where you live. Uh, that's the first move a lot of people make. That's the first step toward building wealth because you're no longer buying a house for your landlord, you're buying a house for yourself. Uh, so that's extremely important. But then real estate investment goes deeper into ownership of commercial property, multifamily property, things like that. So if you start with home ownership, I think that an understanding of the process is important. Taking that time, and then literally, you could probably do this in 30 minutes. Watch a few YouTube videos on the steps of buying a home, just so you're aware of what goes on with the appraisal and the pre-approvals and picking an agent and things like that. 
I think that would be beneficial for a person that's buying a home for the first time or lending options, you know, FHA loans, things like that. The next step is understanding credit scores. What are your rights when it comes to your credit scores? The Fair Credit Reporting Act allows you uh, certain freedoms on your credit report. Like if you see something on there that you don't think belongs there, you can challenge every single thing on your credit report. And the, the company has to, within a certain amount of time, verify that debt. And if they don't, that they have to take it off your report. So I've seen people actually increase their credit scores by doing that. And then thirdly, I think there's the aspect of the down payment. The down payment is the big mountain that a lot of people can't get over because that requires some access to uh, cash or capital. And I would make that a top priority. I would literally make saving the first thing that I do out of my paycheck um, before I pay any bills. And it's almost like tithing to yourself, tithing to your future. Because when you are a renter and not an owner, you're in a type of economic jail. There is an economic jail for poor people that America has had for a long time. And your goal is to get out of jail, right? So you got to pay your bail. That then gets you over the fence. You're out of jail. You now get access to the freedom that comes with being a wealth builder. And just like that, we're at the end of this episode of Building Black Dollars. This podcast is produced by Push Black, the nation's largest nonprofit black media company. Barriers like the racial wealth gap and banking discrimination are systemic issues that still plague our communities. But know that economic freedom is still within our reach, and it begins with you. Push Black exists because we saw we had to take this into our own hands. And you make Push Black happen with your contributions at buildingblackdollars.com. Most people do five or ten bucks a month, but really everything makes a difference. Thanks for supporting the work. The Black Business School is a place where over 150,000 students are obtaining a culturally relevant, low-cost, high-quality education without going into debt. We've helped thousands of students just like you learn how to buy shares of stock, how to start their own business, and how to teach wealth to their children. We can help you too. Visit www.theblackbusinessschool.com. Use the code word BBD to get 10% off. Hosting the show, we have finance expert and founder of the Black Business School, Dr. Boyce Watkins. The production team for Building Black Dollars includes Tarek Alani, Brooke Brown, Patrick Sanders, and Tasha Taylor. Editing the show is Ivana Tucker, and our producer is Sid Smith. Building Black Dollars executive producer is Julian Walker. Peace.